Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, reading from verse 9. Bible says this. It says, ask, and it shall be given to you. These are Jesus' words. It's Jesus speaking. I know that because my Bible's in red, so that makes it a bit easier. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So let's pray. Father, we're so glad that we can gather together as the church. And Lord, there's something very special about what happens as the people of God gather together. We thank you for this morning. Um, We just pray that by the Holy Spirit, you would come. Open our hearts and minds. Let your gifts be in operation even as I speak, Lord God. Let us be open to hear the word. Speak to us as individuals, Lord God, I pray. Let there be nothing in me that hinders the sharing of this word, I pray. And I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you that you will speak today. Lives will be changed today. I thank you that something is going to shift in our hearts because of today, because of this morning, because of what happens in this place today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. A special welcome to all of those that are watching on screen still. There are some people watching on screen. It's so good to have you with us today. I want to begin a new series today uh, entitled, Be Filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was on the side of a mountain giving what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. In the sermon, Jesus Uh, give some practical teaching uh, on a range of subjects and uh, just some great reading there and great, great, very practical teaching. He speaks about how to treat your enemies. He speaks about fasting, about giving. And he also speaks about prayer. And as we've read in our text, Jesus says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And to him who seeks shall find. And if you knock, then the door shall be open to you. Such a powerful truth that the God that we serve invites us to present our needs to him. He invites us. He says to us, hey, listen, bring your needs to me. He says, ask and seek and knock. And there's a a sense here where at times, you know, we ask and God answers our prayer 
immediately. How many people like when that happens? Come on, how many people love that? Um, that's me. I love when God, I pray and that day God answers. You ask and you receive. But there is a sense here where sometimes we need to seek that for some reason, for, what, for whatever reason it is, instead of just getting the answer immediately, for sometimes we, we need to seek and sometimes we need to knock because there's purpose in the waiting. But the sense is keep on seeking, keep on knocking, because he's the God that wants to answer our prayer. Question. So if you could ask for one thing that would make the greatest difference in your life, what would it be? It's a bit of thunder today. <laughs> I think this is Revelation chapter 7 that's happening at the moment. Nothing to be worried about, okay? It's all good. If you could ask for one thing that could make the greatest difference in your life, what would it be? What would it be? Some of us might ask for a better job, for healing, a spouse, a child, and whatever need you might have that's pressing on your life right now. And I don't want to minimize the legitimate needs that each of us has because God is actually interested in, in whatever it is that you're going through right now. God is interested. A lot of young people facing exams over these weeks. God is interested in that. I don't want to minimize any of our personal needs. But Jesus goes on to say, if a son asks for bread from, the father, uh, from, from any father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for fish, uh, will he give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? Now notice how Jesus repeats the same point three times. And it's not by accident. Okay, Jesus, we got it the first time you said. No, Jesus repeats it not once, not twice, three times. And he's doing this for emphasis. If a child asks for something good, do you you think a father's going to give them something bad? The obvious answer is, of course not. And Jesus then drives home the point and says, if you then being evil, just in case you think you're a good dad, Jesus wants to give you a reality check right here. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? What I believe that Jesus is saying in this passage of Scripture, that the one thing we need above everything else, that the one thing that's going to make the greatest difference in your life and my life, the one thing that's going to bring the greatest change in our lives is in fact the Holy Spirit. But in order to receive the Holy Spirit, Jesus is saying, you need to ask. You need to ask. Why is it that we need more of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Well, we need more of the Holy Spirit because it's the Spirit that leads. It's the Holy Spirit that guides. It's the Holy Spirit that directs. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals truth, that convicts, that will release the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives that is placed within us, that will help us to be everything that God has called us to be. It's the Holy Spirit that will enable us to be everything that He's called us to be. And because of that, above all of our needs, what we need more than anything else is the Holy Spirit. Paul was speaking to the church in Ephesus and he says to them, he says, be filled with the Spirit. Paul was speaking to the church in Ephesus and he says to them, be filled with the Spirit. You know, the church in Ephesus was an amazing church. They were a mature church. He's actually speaking to the church and he says to them, be filled with the Spirit. It wasn't a suggestion or a recommendation. It was said in the emphatic. It was a command. Be filled with the Spirit. And that's what I want to explore in this series. 
Now, one of the words that is used to describe the infilling of the Holy Spirit is the word baptism. John said, <laughs> John said as, as he saw Jesus coming towards him, he says, I baptize you in water, but there is, there is one coming after me. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus said to the disciples before he ascended into heaven, he says, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for my gift. The Father has promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Word baptism simply means to be immersed in. It simply means to be completely immersed in. And what I, what I want to do today with the time I have left, I want to speak about three baptisms available to us in our walk with God. And I, I just pray that as we look at this this morning, that some of this is going to be a little bit of revision, but I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to all of us today. First of the baptisms available to us is the baptism into the body of Christ. And another word for that is actually salvation. Paul said to the Corinthians, he said, For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink the one spirit. Let me, let me repeat that scripture. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into the one spirit. What Paul is saying here is that we are baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. What is that? When does that actually happen? When, when, when are we baptized into the body of Christ? Well, that happens at salvation. Now, some people might say, well, Pastor Joe, isn't that actually speaking about water baptism there? No, we don't become part of the body of Christ or the church with a capital C when we are baptized in water. We become part of the, the church when we give our lives to Jesus Christ. There, there are some cults out there that are teaching, unless you're baptized in water, you can't be saved. And that's simply not true. Paul says to the Galatians, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. Again, we become children of God, not when we are baptized in water. We become part of the family of God when we are saved. When we confess Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior. And I, and I love the way Paul speaks about salvation here. He speaks about it in, in terms of a baptism. He's speaking about it in terms of, a, of, of an immersion into a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not just something I do on the side. It's not just a casual thing. It's not just attending a church. It's not just being part of a religion. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm attending the church now. I'm done. That's not what Paul is speaking about here. He's speaking about an immersion into salvation. It's having an active and alive faith in Jesus Christ. Some people, when they go to the beach, you know, they pack their bathers, they make sure they've got the right outfits because you've got to have the right outfit when you go to the beach. You've got to pack the tent, the sunscreen, the esky, the food. I mean, if you're Italian background, I mean, that's a whole event. I mean, come on, just that whole morning, we're going to the beach today and, you know, Pots and pans going all over the place in the kitchen because you've got to go to the beach with a parmigiana. You know what I'm saying? You can't just, you can't just go with fish and chips. Give me a break. So you've, you've, you've got to go. And, and especially if you're going with a group of people, you've got to make sure you've got more food than them and better food than them. You know, It's this whole thing about going to the beach. But the interesting thing is, 
And when they get to the beach, they never go in the water. <laughs> Put their toe in the water. Oh, the water's too cold. It's too windy. It's too much thunder. It's too much seaweed. Any excuse not to go into the water. Some people are a bit like that with their faith. They kind of dip their toe in the water. They, they, they dip their toe into faith from time to time. They come to church, you know, when it's convenient. Their faith is something they do on the side. They, they follow Jesus when kind of all the ducks line up. Paul says we need to be immersed into Jesus Christ. That salvation is not just something you do on the side. That true salvation is not a, is not a casual thing. It's, it's, it's something to be completely immersed in. Because if you really want to experience what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, at some point we need to take a step of faith and we need to dive off the, off the board and we need to dive into the water. Invite Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. Because when we do that, when we become fully immersed into Jesus Christ, our lives begin to change. Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. First baptism is the baptism of salvation. And that's what we need to seek after. Second baptism available to us is a water baptism. Water baptism is a separate experience from your salvation experience. Water baptism is a, is a public declaration of a private decision to follow Jesus Christ. 27 times in the New Testament after being saved, people were immediately baptized. If you read through the New Testament, you'll see the pattern again and again. They gave their life to Jesus Christ and immediately they were baptized in water. In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, Peter was preaching about Jesus and the resurrection. And the Bible says that when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. That's Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And as we look further down the chapter to verse 41, the Bible says that those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number on that particular day. Not a bad service when 3,000 people are added to the church in one service. Question is, why is baptism so important? Why is it so important that we follow through in our next step after salvation with baptism in water? Faith is essentially a private decision that at some time needs to go public. Some people say, well, I, well, I believe in my heart. You know, uh, I've accepted Jesus Christ in my heart. Uh, no one needs to know. It's between me and God. It's a private decision. Well, the Bible says in order for us to be saved, two things need to happen. First thing that needs to happen is we need to believe in Jesus. We need to, we need to believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the first step that, that, that we need to salvation. But the second thing is we need to confess it with our mouth. There, need, there needs to be a confession with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's like the public declaration is a seal of our salvation. The, the, the public declaration is, is a seal of a private decision to follow Jesus Christ. I tell people all the time, you know, if, if you've accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, you need to tell someone. 
You need to tell someone, you know, today I gave my life to Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter where you do it. It doesn't matter when you do it. You can do it here at church. You can do it in the privacy of your own home. But after that's happened, then you need to tell someone about it. And one of the ways that we declare publicly our faith in Jesus Christ is through water baptism. It's the same reason why we have wedding ceremonies. Imagine a guy that says, I love my girlfriend, but I never want to marry her. What would Dr. Phil say to someone like that? Hmm? He'd say, get rid of him. He doesn't really love you. And that's true of Christianity. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, then, then the, next step, the, 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 the next step after that is, 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 to, is to be water baptized. It's a, it's a declaration. I want everyone to know that from this day forward, for richer, for poorer, in good times and bad, in sickness and in self, I'm going to serve the Lord every single day of my life. It's a declaration to ourselves. It's a declaration to the people that have gathered. It's a, it's a declaration in the spiritual realm. You know, we just think, oh, Pastor Joe wants us to do this because it's a religious ritual. You know, it's one of the sacraments of the church, water baptism. And so, you know, I just got to do it. I want you to know today that water baptism is far more than just some religious ritual. That when we get water baptized, when we, when we make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, it's a declaration that we're making before Jesus Christ our Lord. And we're saying, you know what, from this day forward, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ all the days of my life. You know, in a wedding ceremony... The couple don't, don't decide to get married at the altar. I mean, that, that only happens on TV. You know I mean? That's it. That only happens there. It doesn't happen in real life. Couples decide to get married a long time before that. But the ceremony, is, it's a public declaration. It's a seal. Hey, we've made a decision some time ago, but you know we're going to seal this decision before this audience and ultimately before God. And we say for richer, for poorer, in sickness and whatever comes our way, we're going to stick together like glue. And baptism is a bit like that. It's, a, it's us making a declaration. It's a declaration before God, but it's a declaration to ourselves. And what we're saying is, you know what? I'm going to follow Jesus Christ all the days of my life. I know things may be tough. I may not understand everything. There are times when there'll be perplexities. There'll be times of, of hardship and trials and, and so on. But you know, whatever happens, whatever comes my way, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. It's a powerful declaration. It's a declaration to the people that have gathered. Hey, I want you to know I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I'm not embarrassed to say that. And more than all of that, it's a declaration in the spiritual realm. It's a declaration to the enemy that wants to come against us. That no matter what you throw at me, I'm going to serve the Lord all the days of my life. From now on, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, my Lord. And that's a powerful declaration. Some people say, well, I don't want people to know. I don't, I don't know what people are going to think of me. If they think, oh, they're going to think I'm one of those, you know, loonies, those Christian loonies that go to Life Christian Center. There's no Christian loonies here, right there. There's no, no. It's the guy at the front. Um, it was, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want people to know, you know. It's just a decision I made in my heart. Jesus says this, listen carefully. Whoever acknowledges me, acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. It's like, it's like being married to someone and being embarrassed, you know, to, 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 
to say that I'm married to this person. It's terrible. If you love them, you're not embarrassed at all to say, it's my spouse. If you've never made that decision, why not make it today? If you've never made a decision to be water baptized, why not make it today? It's the next step after following Jesus Christ. Pastor Joseph talked about the guest area. Just go and see him and we will organize that for you. Second step in our relationship with God is to be baptized in water. There is also a third baptism that the Bible speaks about, and that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had died on the cross. He paid for the sins of humanity. He rose from the dead. And then he spent 40 days on earth before ascending back into heaven. On one occasion, he appears before the disciples. I love this. It's John chapter 20, verse 19. Remember, this is after the resurrection. John says, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came through the door and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Of course, that's what you say. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, here they are, they're, they're frightened. You know, Jesus just walks through, through the right in, you know, he walks right through the door. There he is standing amongst them. And of course, he says, peace be with you. You know, it's beautiful. I love it. A um, couple of verses in there, but then verse 22. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, at that moment, the disciples were saved and their sins were forgiven. You need to remember that up until the cross, they were still operating. The disciples were still operating under the old covenant. And Jesus breathes on them. This is post the cross now. And Jesus breathes on the disciples and they received the Holy Spirit. This was the salvation experience for them. We need to understand that the moment we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, we receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. John says, the Holy Spirit is with you and shall be in you. The Holy Spirit is with everyone. Before you ever gave your life to Jesus Christ, it was the Holy Spirit that was drawing you to himself, pointing you towards Christ. You might say, oh, there was a whole bunch of coincidences. It wasn't coincidence. It was the Holy Spirit drawing you. And the day you made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came and dwelt in us. Then in Acts chapter 1, the Bible says on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Again, this is just before Jesus ascends into heaven. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, there it is. But in a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now remember, the disciples had already received the Holy Spirit, but notice the future tense. In a few days, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and the ends of the earth. Acts, that's Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2. I just love this passage of scripture. It just blesses me. I could read it and reread it and continue to reread it. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. It was a group of people, not unlike this group that is gathered together today. What were they doing? They were praying. They were worshiping. They were seeking God. And suddenly, a sound like thunder, just a blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then the Bible says, and some of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. No, the Bible doesn't say that. It says, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues 
as the Spirit enabled them. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. Oh, my prayer is that this house, this expression of the body of Christ, that this place that has been dedicated to God, that this place would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because apart from the Holy Spirit, trust me, it's just you and me. And we've not nothing to offer apart from the presence of God, apart from the Holy Spirit convicting, apart from the Holy Spirit empowering, apart from the Holy Spirit shedding light into our hearts and lives, we're nothing. And then the Bible says, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You know, if you have a glass of water, it's like salvation. But if you put that glass in a swimming pool, that glass is now immersed. And it's the next experience in our walk with God where we are immersed, baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, let me give you an example of this in Scripture of all three baptisms happening at once. The Bible says in Acts chapter 8, it says, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. A little bit of teaching this morning. I hope it's okay. But I think it's good for us to study the Scriptures. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Beautiful. Uh, So Philip goes down to Samaria. We don't know where it was, but it was in some area. And uh, But when they believed, this is verse 12 of Acts chapter 8. When they believed, Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God, speaking about salvation, they believed. And the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. That's the first baptism. And then the second baptism, they were baptized in water both men and women. When the apostles, verse 14 of chapter 8, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to check it out. And when they arrived, verse 15, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now notice how Peter and John pray for this group in Samaria who were believers. We know that the Bible tells us It tells us that they were baptized in water, but Peter and John are saying, hey, that's not enough. They they prayed for them that they might receive the Spirit. Now, the text only tells us that when they laid hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. It doesn't actually say that they spoke with tongues, but when Simon the sorcerer saw what happened, he said, man, I want that ability too. In other words, there was some tangible evidence to say or to see that they actually received the Holy Spirit. Question is, what was that tangible evidence? Well, I believe consistent with Scripture, it was they began to speak in a prayer language given by God. Go over to Acts chapter 10 and and you'll see the story of when Peter goes to the house of Cornelius. You'll remember that Cornelius was a Gentile and they believed that Gentiles couldn't be saved. They they believed that salvation was really just for the Jews. Well, as you read the story, uh, miraculously, Peter is led to their house and he begins to talk to them about Jesus. And the Bible says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. I, I, I love those, scri- those, those, those scripture. I love that the, the Holy Spirit comes on all of them. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. It seems that as Peter was preaching, the Holy Spirit comes upon them. Question, how did they know that the Holy Spirit had fallen on this group of people? How did they know that it had happened? Well, verse 46 tells us, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, well, surely no one can stand in the way of them being baptized in water, for they have received the Holy Spirit 
just as we have. So as you look at these passages of Scripture, and I could give you a couple of others as well, there's a sense that there's a subsequent experience to belief, that that is uh, salvation, the baptism in water, and that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the initial evidence of that is speaking in a prayer language, which God has given us. Question is, why? Why a subsequent experience? I'm going to speak about that a little bit more next week. I want to dive into that just a little bit more because I can, I, I can tell you, I thank God that as a teenager, I was, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, began to pray in a heavenly language, begin to pray in tongues. And, and it's been such a power in my life. I don't know where I would be without that. What, what, why do we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Why is it so important? Well, the purpose of this baptism is so that we can be empowered to be everything that God has called us to be. But you shall receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You know, before the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Peter was so timid and was so afraid to even declare his faith or declare that he knew Jesus before a servant girl that was, that was there. And three times he denies Jesus. A few chapters later, when, when he's filled with the Holy Spirit, he's leading thousands to Christ if the disciples needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if, if Peter needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit, how much more do we? How much more do we need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us live the kind of life that He has called us to live? Well, this brings us to ask a question, how can I be baptized with the Holy Spirit? Let me give you four things quickly. You can write this down in your notes. Number one, we need to remove the barriers. First of all, you need to remove the barriers that are in the way. God has so much more in store for you. What stops us so often from experiencing more of God is often barriers, doctrinal barriers, intellectual barriers, commitment barriers. Whatever is in the way, just deal with it. Acts says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is Acts chapter 2. This is when it happened for the very first time. And Peter is speak, speaking about this. And he says, this promise is for you and your children. And for all who are far off, which includes you and me. Second thing you need to do is ask. Just ask. Jesus says, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? All you need to do is ask. Seek, knock. Third thing as you, is you need to receive Him by faith. Everything we do in our Christian walk requires a step of faith. To be saved, you're going to hear the gospel. Holy Spirit begins to move inside of you. You know this is the truth. You know this isn't just a, a religious talk, but you need to respond in some way. You need to take a step of faith. Salvation requires a step of faith to say, you know what, I've been living like this up to now. Repentance is about turning. I'm not gonna live this way anymore. From now on, I'm gonna live like Jesus. I'm gonna become a disciple of Jesus Christ. You need to take a step of faith, inviting Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Saviour of your life. Baptism requires a step of faith. Pastor Joe, I hear what you say about water baptism, but it requires a step of faith. It's, it requires say, okay, I'm going to speak to Pastor Joseph. I'm going to say, next time I want to get baptized in water. I want to, I want to follow the example of Jesus Christ. I want to, I want to be, be considered a follower of Jesus Christ. 
Same with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You ask, you seek, you knock, you wait on God. And as you seek after God and begin to pray and worship, the Holy Spirit will, will begin to uh, give you some, a phrase. It may give you a phrase or a syllable, but you need to take a step of faith and speak those words. And sometimes it might just be a phrase. It's all you get. And it might be that phrase for months. But, but as you begin to speak that out in faith, you're going to begin to grow in your prayer language and you're going you're to sense the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon you. Pastor Joe, is it essential? Or no, it's not essential. It's not essential to salvation. It's not essential to eternity. It's not essential to any of those things. But I tell you, it's going to take your, your relationship with God to another level. And I don't know about you, but you know what? My prayer is this. It's, 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 if there's another level, I want to go to another level in the name of Jesus. And it's not just be filled with the Holy Spirit so I can take a form. Man, I'm baptized with the Holy Spirit. The, Paul says to the Ephesian church, it's be filled and continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And finally, relate to God daily. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. I pray that you would enjoy an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want to challenge you. Pursue all three baptisms. Baptism into the family of God. Baptism in water. Baptism with the Holy Spirit. No matter where you are in your walk with God, there's another step that you can take. It's a great picture of this in a vision God gave the prophet Ezekiel. The Bible says this, as the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I couldn't cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. And as you read that particular passage, Ezekiel 47, there on the side were all kinds of trees and the river was teeming full of living creatures and fish of all kinds. Some of you may need to take the first step and go ankle deep. Maybe you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never made a commitment to follow Jesus Christ. That's, that's the first step. It's inviting Jesus Christ into your life. It's just saying, Lord, I, Lord I, I, I thank you that you died on the cross for my sins. I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. It's a simple prayer. You don't need to, you know, lie on a bed of nails. You don't need to do a pilgrimage somewhere up Mount Everest. You don't need to do any of those things. Sometimes I wish it was harder. I think more people would become Christians. It's a gift. Salvation is a gift so that you don't boast about what you've done. You can't earn it. There's nothing you can do to be saved. It's a gift. You just have to receive it. Invite Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Saviour. That's the first step in our walk with God. Second step in our walk with God is, you know what? I don't want to just give my life to Jesus. I want to be baptized in water. I want everyone to know that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. That's knee deep or maybe even waist deep. I don't know about you, but I've got to stop. I don't know about you, but when I go, I'm a, sometimes I've gone through swimming phases. I can't swim. I'm Italian. We can't swim. <laughs> We, you know, ethnics, a lot of, I don't know about you guys, some of you can swim. You know, uh, my parents never took us to swimming lessons when we were little. No, that didn't happen. Uh, and we were told to be scared of the water. And so I've tried as an adult, I've done swimming lessons, I've done the whole thing. I'm a great swimmer. As long as I can, my feet can touch the floor. 
I'm an amazing swimmer. There's this place I used to swim at, right? It was an amazing pool. I used to swim. There was a line in the middle of that pool. Once I crossed that line, I knew my feet couldn't touch the ground anymore. I'm swimming really well for the first half and then I crossed that line and then suddenly fear, panic. (laughs) Stay in the shallow end. Stay in the shallow end. First couple of sections, ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, we can still touch the floor. But there's an invitation. There's, There's an invitation to go deeper. There's an invitation to take another step. Maybe it's time for you to seek after the baptism of the Holy Spirit where you no longer take control of your life, but you give control to the Holy Spirit. Now that doesn't mean you lose control. Please don't, understand. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. You've, you've got control, but you, you're, you're surrendering to the Holy Spirit and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to take you. And He wants to take you to a place which is just powerful which is teeming with fruit of all kinds. Some of you are saying, Pastor Joe, I've heard about you guys. <laughs> they warned me about your church. I knew you guys were the weird ones speaking in tongues. Some of you may be saying, Pastor Joe, I'm really not sure about all of this. I'm sorry, I'm really not sure about all of this. If that's, if that's you, I, some of you say, I get what you're saying, but I'm just not sure. If that's you, can I just invite you to go into the presence of God and just be honest with God and say, I don't don't know everything there is to know about this, but I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Whatever that is, whatever that looks like, I want it. Whatever it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want it. I don't want to quench the Spirit, resist the Spirit or grieve the Spirit because of my own preconceived ideas. I want the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Whatever that looks like, the Bible's clear. You make your own interpretation, but the Bible is clear that that, that we, we, we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit being filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and maybe, maybe, maybe you're not sure. But can, can I just remind you that if you would just remember that the God we serve is like a father. And He's a good father. He's a really good father. And that if we would ask for the Holy Spirit, He's not going to give you something bad. He's going to give you something good. But all we need to do is ask. All we need to do is ask. We are a Pentecostal church. We are the weird ones. I'm sorry. That's it. But you know, I I thank God every day for this ability to be able to pray in a spiritual language. So often I don't know how to pray. I'm going to talk about that next week. I don't want to go into next week. So often we don't know how to pray. And the Holy Spirit helps us to pray with, with words and groans that we don't even understand. But we know that the Holy Spirit is helping in our prayer. My, my prayer to you, this, this has been so important in my walk with God. I want you to experience that. It would be remiss of me as a pastor to say, you know what, this is too complicated. We're going to put this one under the shelf. No, 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 no. It would be remiss of me as a pastor not to share with you what God has done in my life, what I believe to be true. Can I hear an amen? Stand together.
this beautiful worship team that we're not going to sing a song because you guys have gone way over time, okay? Father, our prayer is that you would fill this place with the Holy Spirit. Just like that first Pentecost. A group of people that were hungry, waiting, just hungry for more of you, Lord God. Not satisfied with what they'd experienced to date, Lord God, just wanting more of you. Father, that's us. We just want more of you, Lord God. We don't want to go through the motions of life just existing one day at a time. We want to experience the fullness of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple of Jesus Christ. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for the public declaration of wanting to serve you. We thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I just pray for this congregation. Father, you know what's in our hearts. You know every thought, every battle. I, I just pray, Lord God, that as we go away from this, that we would, that we would, uh, that you would speak to us by the Holy Spirit. Your word says, "You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free." Father, let your truth begin to rise in our hearts. We pray, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. There may be some of you here, you're kind of wondering about all of this stuff. Can, can I encourage you this week? Read the Gospel of Luke. And then read the book of Acts, written by the same author. Just read the Gospel of Luke. And then go into the book of Acts. Just read it and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Those of you that are filled with the Holy Spirit. I was filled with the Holy Spirit in 1942. Haven't spoken in tongues since. Haven't prayed in the language since. Come on, why don't you begin to exercise the gift that God has given you. and Be everything that God has called you to be. God bless your church. You have a great week in Jesus' name. Amen.